Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 172, and today I'll be talking about Sadie Killer and Kevin Party. I'm GC13, and welcome to 2018! We finally got there, and uh, as a New Year's present, Cartoon Network will be giving us a two-part special on Friday the 5th at 7.30, just in case you somehow managed not to hear about Stranded. Uh, Definitely looking forward to checking that out, but today I am here to finish the retrospective on Sadie Killer and Kevin Party. So, diving right into it, the first exciting thing we see in Sadie Killer is random donut shop patrons. Like, these are actually probably tourists. Maybe the store actually has an income source after all. And uh, another another thing I noticed in this scene, it, it was very nice, as an obsessive fan, to see the background on the menu board uh, have the coffee cup correctly in there with the, the combo, the, the two donuts and a coffee cup. Uh, but it, it will be missing in a later shot. So just in case anyone wants to wonder why two donuts are more expensive than three, uh, you'll still be able to take those screenshots. If, uh, but we'll get to that one, that part later. So we got Steven ordering for the band, and all we all we really know for sure is that sour cream ended up with the chocolate-covered chocolate donuts. I still think that Buck was the one who got the coffee with milk and sugar hold the coffee, but we'll just never know for sure, because that could have easily been Steven. Rather than Buck being funny, Steven just could have been being careless. And we'll never know who got all the other stuff. And uh, just just... Finishing out this early portion of obsessing over the big donut, I, I do like the we only sell donuts thing on that sign, which is even funnier considering all the things that are not donuts that they offer. I mean, if you think back to last one out of Beach City, they weren't there for donuts. They were there for everything but donuts. And also they literally have a board dedicated to all of the drinks that they sell, like coffee, tea, all, all of that stuff. You know, at the at the band's jam session. Uh, I still do wonder whether the fact that both Rick and Morty and Steven Universe have an episode with Doodoo Butt in them, I wonder, is that a coincidence or is that collaboration? Uh, if, if anybody's curious what I'm talking about, the episode title is from Season 3 of Rick and Morty, The ABCs of Beth. I, I also paid close attention to the, the movies that Sadie had. There was The Lurch, of course, that they, that they ended up watching. There was Malevolent Cadavers 7, Return of the Army of the Malevolent Cadavers 3. I'm pretty sure that's Evil Dead right there. There was something called Archduke of Space, Head in a Box, Bosferatu. I believe there was a Galactic Insubordination. Uh, That one we got an upside-down view of the top of the case. And there was one that I'm assuming is Evil Bread, but I think we only see the bread part of it. Uh, Most interestingly... Uh, we have a horror movie was apparently made about Connie's mother and the gem mutants from Nightmare Hospital. I, I mean, obviously, I, I doubt that there was actually a movie made, but it's fun to think that a movie was made about that. I mean, it's a it's a low budget horror movie. They could have they could have done it quickly on the cheap, and plus that was actually quite some time ago in the series, so uh, there there could have been time for even a better production. And when, then when they start jamming to, to the sound of the lurch, everybody looks at Steven's little music playing dance. I love it. Uh, love watching it on a loop or just watching it in the, in the episode. That's, it really stands out. It's great. 
Then when Stephen goes back to Sadie for advice, and uh, again, we get the, we get kind of Sadie hammering home the moral of the episode, like, uh, really waxing philosophical, and, and we'll also see in Kevin Party that Kevin is able to wax philosophical, but, I mean, Sadie, Sadie obviously, as she sung, hates her job. She's very tired from work, you see. But... Uh, most importantly, the most important thing is that this is the scene at the Big Donut where they use the old background that doesn't have the coffee cup in with the combo. Uh, but thankfully, thankfully Sadie uh, will resolve all of her obligation, no vacation troubles by the end of the episode. Jamming with the jamming with the band, the working dead. It, it, it was great seeing Steven's roar and Buck's response. You know, you can't help being cute any more than I can help being cool. Because Steven really is adorable. I, I don't, I mean, I'm certain that he could be intimidating if he tried. And I can even actually imagine that. But he would have to be working at that. He That would not be easy. I, I do like Buck's, what if this was all a dream? And I do kind of wish we could see more of Jenny's reaction to that. Just because for some reason it's funny to me. That's like the kind of thing Buck would say, and probably, probably being funny, but you never know. You never can tell with Buck. I, I, I just, it caught my imagination. And then finally we get the big end of the episode, you know, Sadie, I can come to practice, and the next one after that, and all of that, because I quit! And then she rips off her big donut shirt, and we find out that just like Trask Olgo, Ensign with the Republic fleet, might, Sadie is wearing a donut shirt, Underneath her donut shirt. No, it's not identical. It doesn't have the big donut branding, but the coloration is the same, so I'm counting it. If Lars doesn't work out, uh, Sadie might court another space adventurer, who definitely was not cut down by his Sith apprentice. He escaped, I swear. But uh, this brings us to Kevin party, and I think I can best sum up my thoughts as, whew, Kevin. I mean, Kevin wants those old people to say his name this a lot about Kevin right there, but I guess I should bring it back. I love Steven's little uh, missing lion poster, uh, where he lists lion's dislike as enthusiasm. I mean, that's so lion, isn't it? I mean, just think back to Lion 2, the movie, and how he's like, uh, just whatever, guys. You guys explore this place. Let me know when you're done. It's very cute. But so, so Kevin invites Steven to the party with the goal of getting Stevani to show up. And I just have to say this again, Steven is really quick on the uptake. He figures out basically right away how Kevin got Connie to go to that party. I guess because they didn't want Steven worrying about, oh, is Connie Kevin's friend? Because it would have been really silly uh, with Connie later accusing Steven of being Kevin's friend. I'm really happy, though, that they had him figure this out, because I, th I thought that being a people person, it seemed like that's what they were developing him into, but he's been really, really dense with regards to other people lately, so I'm, I'm glad he got something or he figured it out like that. I don't know what else to say about the party. It's, it's uncomfortable, but it's supposed to be, at least I assume. I love the music. I absolutely love the music and the, the whole party. Lion hiding behind the chair after he got tired of all the attention was was really cute, as was Kevin just assuming he's a dog, because of course Kevin would. But I do want to say Steven and Kevin are super in sync during the party. I mean, obviously there's the their synchronized dancing and their synchronized 
denial of being friends, but I mean, when Kevin wants something, he can, he may not know how to relate to friends, but he knows how to relate to people who have something he wants. And I just do wonder, could we see a Stephen-Kevin fusion in the future? I, I know that for, for some people, this would be a sacrilege, but I mean, again, we see fusion as being very linked to dancing with the, that's how it was first introduced, the Amethyst and Pearl have to dance. We have the fusion training from Alone Together. Very, very closely tied to dancing. And Stephen and Kevin dance perfectly. And again, you can't you can't tell me that that just happened to be some dance that both Stephen and Kevin knew, because no. Uh, poor Kevin, though. I'm pretty sure, though, he will get his wish. He may not have got Stevani at his party. But even when he loses, he still wins. Because, I mean, who can say that they've seen two kids ride off on a lion who jumped into a portal he roared into existence after walking on water? That's something I'd tell my grandkids about. And Derek really does need to shut up. I mean, Derek doesn't even exist. He's a ghost. I don't know if anybody's gone back and, like, tried to tried to look for Derek. You won't find him. He's not in there at all. You get a, you get a nice view of the party as Steven enters it. And nobody wearing Derek's jacket is anywhere to be found. So the appearance of Derek will forever be a mystery. But I guess that's uh, that's my quick recap of Sadie Killer and Kevin Party. The real action's gonna be next week when we finally get stranded to talk about. Hopefully it'll be more than just me, but that'll be some that'll be some good stuff. Until then though, I'm GC13. Later everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.